Hello, and welcome to this episode of Awe Stories. I'm your host, Amy Green. On each episode, I share conversations with some amazing individuals who are in their journey of self-discovery and transformation as they step into being heroes of their own lives. I hope you leave each episode feeling inspired and motivated in your journey of self-discovery and create more moments of wonder and awe in your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Awe Stories. I am so excited to share with you today, Michelle from Pushing Beauty. Michelle is a breathwork coach, a desire map facilitator, and truly has made some really amazing transformations moving from heartbreak to healing in her life over the last year. She shares this and so much more in this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. As always, you can find our show notes on our website at www.abreathoffreshawe.com. Thanks for joining us today. Today we have Michelle from Pushing Beauty on our podcast. We are so thrilled to have you, Michelle. Thank you for being on today. Thanks so much, Amy. I'm really excited to be here. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm a breathwork teacher, a writer, um, and what I call intuitive mentor, and I also am a desire map facilitator. Most of my work is focused uh, on the breath, so using breath work to um, have an emotional detox, to release any of the pain and trauma, um, any types of emotions that we carry around that really aren't serving us. And I tend to gear towards helping people get unstuck in whatever areas of their lives that they're stuck. And we tend to be stuck in many different areas. Um, And so that work shows up in a lot of different ways. I do one-on-one work um, in like a three-month program. I do one-off breathwork healing sessions. And then I do a lot of um, virtual and in-person group workshops where we'll kind of work with a theme. But pretty much everything that I do will uh, have breathwork be involved in some way or another. What amazing work you get to do in this world. How awesome is that? I was wondering as I came across your website, Pushing Beauty, such great resources, such amazing tools are located there, but why Pushing Beauty? What's the name about? Yeah, um, I've been getting asked this question a lot lately. And it's funny because I started Pushing Beauty probably, um, gosh, I think six plus-ish years ago, um, and I was I was just really unhappy. Um, I had always been having this feeling my whole life that, like, there was something, like, something, something that led me to be a seeker, essentially, but, like, that there was something deeper, something bigger for my life, but also just life in general, and this feeling that I had, um, I always wanted to express it. I felt like it needed to come through me, and I didn't know what it was because I was very stuck in my head. And so I had had like journals and document after document of what is this idea? What is this feeling that I have? And I had all these different ideas at the time I was a graphic designer. So I was like, maybe it's me like creating these like really inspirational graphics that help people, you know, want to change their lives. And I like collaborate with different companies. And I was like, no, like, it's not it. Like there's something really deep within me that wants to come out. I just don't know what it is. And so I got really, I was really confused, really frustrated. And I finally was going through a big transition 
one time in my life and decided to like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna name it. I'm gonna name this feeling because it's like driving me nuts. So I did like a brainstorming session and literally like the name of the feeling was pushing beauty. And so to me, essentially, it's about beauty is about the essence of the soul. It's the deeper, more spiritual component of the essence of who we are. And the pushing aspect is, is the, um, the action. So the feeling within me was about like expression. So essentially the name to me really is about, you know, expressing the soul in a certain way. Um, and that's going to look differently for everyone really. Thank you for talking about the reality of us living in our heads and not being able to get out of our heads, right? I remember reading in one of your articles online about how this idea of living in our heads and then if we can't get out or don't want to feel the feeling, just like pushing past and pushing away. So what was it like for you then to learn how to be with these feelings and live with them? It, I mean, I was really, I was a very angry teenager. I felt a lot of frustration because I, I felt like the world around me wasn't supporting the feelings that I had. And so there was a lot of, I wouldn't even necessarily call it shame, but I think that it probably evolved into it, but just repressing the feelings, like a lot of belief around, like, I don't belong, something's wrong and just shoving all of this stuff deep down and all of these feelings that were sort of, um, <laughs> juggling, I was sort of juggling them all around and pushing them and um, sort of trying to manipulate them and show up in the world as someone that was happy, you know, it was always like, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you, you know, whatever. And it made me feel like there was something wrong with me, essentially. Um, and I didn't actually recognize what was happening until I uh, discovered breath work and really began this journey of healing. Um, my, my, I was very kind of an intellectual person that was like very stuck in my head, very disconnected from my body. And so I didn't even really give myself permission to feel as much as I needed to. Like I always felt very deeply and was pretty much controlled by my emotions, but I didn't understand them and I didn't know how to release them. So once I started working with the breath, it started to help me uncover what had really been happening. And a lot of the feelings that were coming up for me were because I had these false beliefs about who it, who it was that I, I thought that I was. I thought I wasn't lovable. I thought that I didn't actually belong here. I really felt like, you know, not, there was no one or nothing that could really love me enough in the way that I needed because I didn't actually love myself. So using the breath started to get me in touch with all of the feelings that were really there um, because I was able to let go of my mind enough to connect to them and, and use the breath also to start to purge and release the feelings that I was carrying around that weren't really serving me anymore. Yeah, definitely wish that as teenagers, they taught us more about our emotions and how to navigate our emotions and not to let our emotions overwhelm or completely consume us to the point where we no longer function. And also how to not internalize them to these negative self-beliefs where then we decide or determine that we don't belong and feel such deep shame. 
Yeah. And on top of that, like not taking on what someone's like maybe projecting onto you, you know, or somebody labeling you a certain way, like you're, you're bad or you shouldn't feel that way or what's wrong. Why aren't you smiling? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And it's, it's as if we're saying, you know, being sad, there's a problem with being sad. There's a problem. And really those feelings are teaching us that there's something deeper that we need to look at. So instead of exploring it, we shame it and we push it away. That's so true. And I think that our society has really taught us to avoid or shy away from the uncomfortable or discomfort of feelings. So we are taught to stay busy or to keep busy. We're taught to make sure that we're pushing the feelings away or shying away from them as opposed to leaning in and turning towards the discomfort thinking that it might have something to teach us, right? So can you share a little bit with us about how you started to lean into your discomfort? You mentioned your breath practices, but what else allowed you to really find comfort within that really uncomfortable state? Yeah, I I had discovered breath work. I had a series of synchronistic events and somebody had recommended that I start breathing Um, I really didn't think anything was going to happen. I thought breath work was just this sort of relaxing kind of thing that like monks did. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is going to do for me, but like, sure, I'll try it. Um, and it, you know, at first I didn't know what was happening. I just started to recognize the more I was doing it. I felt lighter. I felt better. I felt more connected to myself. I felt, um, my relationship starting to shift, Um, But I think as I became more aware, I started to allow myself to use my pain as sort of a guidance system. And I think only not in the beginning, I didn't really like recognize exactly what that was in the beginning. Um, To a degree, I would say that like, facing into my pain wasn't really a choice. Like I think for some of us, our souls are so strongly pushing us for something in our lives that it feels so uncomfortable to actually not face it. So I was like pretty miserable. (laughs) If I hadn't been looking at the pain, it was miserable anyway. So it's like, okay, it's going to suck to look at it, but it sucks if I don't look at it. So why not just start to like face into it? Um, and I really had, had been for many years, I think it was in my early twenties, I started to read the power now and different, you know, spiritual and self-development books. And so I had already been on this journey of like, I want my life to get better. I want to do something with myself. Um, that feels like it resonates with me, that feels meaningful. Like I had always had this feeling that that there was a purpose. So for that reason, I was interested in growing. Um, and I think that you get to a certain point with yourself that it's just more important um, to heal than it is to hide. It's more important to face into your pain than it is to push it away. I love what you just said. It's more important to heal than it is to hide. Mm-hmm. So true. Could you share your first breathwork experience with us and what it was like? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I haven't reflected on this in a really long time. Um, uh, Well, so I had been referred to, this is a longer story that I won't get too into, but um, by a craniosacral therapist who recommended this guy. And so I uh, booked a session with him and went in and he didn't honestly tell me too much. He was just kind of like lay on a table 
and he put some oils on me and he taught me how to breathe and I laid on this massage table and and breathed and I had always sort of had an aversion to breath I guess in a way that I didn't recognize um I kind of always enjoyed running but I hated it at the same time because I hated the feeling of being out of breath and I would always breathe really shallow, which a lot of us tend to. So when I was breathing, it felt really challenging to breathe. Like it felt like a lot of hard work. Um, and it felt like hard for me to breathe deep. So I just, you know, he kind of just encouraged me to keep breathing and keep breathing. And I started to feel tingly sensations in my body and my hands, but nothing really profound. I was still very, very in my head during that time. So the breath will start to... Um, release your mind and connect you to your body and connect you to your energy system. Um, And I don't think that he was facilitating in a way that like pushed me through any major blocks in like the first session. Um, But I know I, I know I, I felt really light and really clear after I left and I hadn't ever experienced feeling that light before. And so I continued working with this guy for a couple more sessions um, and did a little bit of like kind of mentoring work with him and, and moved through some uh, limiting beliefs that I hadn't recognized, especially in relationship to my family um, and then stopped working with him and took a little bit of a break and then went through a breakup. And at the time here in LA, there was like nobody um, teaching. Or there weren't a lot of people that I knew of that were teaching. I'm sure people were teaching breath work at the time, but it was not as popular as it is now um, here in LA. You can pretty much go to any yoga studio um, and do, take a breathwork class now. At the time, it wasn't like that. And so I started to take some risks by sharing with some friends like, oh, hey, I did this thing called breath work. And I was like, really um, not willing to do that at the time, because I was afraid that people were going to think that I was weird or not be able to relate to me. And that would just kind of perpetuate this belief that I had that I was alone and, you know, didn't belong. Um, And so I started to I remember in with one of my girlfriends in particular, who I didn't think would have any idea what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, I did this thing called breath work. And she's like, oh, my God, I just went to a breathwork workshop last week and my friend brought me and she's like here grab a tissue box you're gonna need it and we like laid down and I had such a powerful experience (laughs) and I was sobbing and I was like oh my god who did you go to because I need to start doing this again like I just felt I just really felt called to like do this work again and so um sort of my round two of doing breathwork was very very different I had much more energy that I was feeling in my body. It was the first time that I started sobbing. I actually did a group session and I was the one woman in a room with probably like six or seven men and there was an opportunity for us to yell. And I remember being in this room with a bunch of men who were screaming and I like loud, this huge scream. It just like made, like it liberated me. It kind of gave me permission to like really let go. And we were all sobbing afterwards. And it was such this beautiful experience and really cathartic for me because I was heartbroken at the time. And Um, to be in a room with all these men whose, you know, hearts were very open and we were sharing things afterwards was such a beautiful experience that like from that moment on, I was hooked. Yeah, breathwork can be such a powerful practice and can elicit such strong emotion. I know that that's been my experience in the past as well. Could you tell us and share with us a little bit more? I know on your website and within your articles, your Instagram 
and even some of your emails, you share a lot about your heartbreak that you went through over this last year. And you share a lot about how you used the breath practices as a coping skill or as a tool Mm -hmm. to move and lean into the heartbreak and the grief that you were feeling. So I was just wondering, how was this process of moving through this grief and pain different or how were you able to move through it differently than you would have prior? Hmm. Yeah, I talk a lot about heartbreak. Um, wasn't ever anything that was planned to like be the person, you know, writing a lot about heartbreak. Um, but I did, you know, I had that one breakup that I was just speaking about that I did some writing around and uh, helped a lot of people through my writing and then sort of started writing about more self-love as I was sort of on that journey and then went through a really rough breakup about a year and a half ago now and um, just finished writing a book about that actually and um, and and I talk about the healing process and for me I actually I fell into a really dark depression that breakup was like very sudden and it happened in a way um, I was blindsided and, and it happened in a way that um, that really it needed to in a sense because it it showed me all of the things about myself like everything I'd been hiding from anything that was kind of hidden in nooks and crannies any dark places that I really was still not willing to look at everything started to come to the surface Um, but not without me fighting it (laughs) I fought it for a really long time fell into a really deep depression Um, the worst of my life I really just didn't even care about being alive anymore and um, and had this moment where I write about it in my book, actually, where my mom, um, my mom was like my complete support system during that time, I would just call her and just be just sobbing. And I just literally just couldn't find any will to heal myself. And she lives in New Jersey, and I'm in Los Angeles. And so um, I had I had originally gone to the East Coast as soon as the breakup happened, and then went back to LA and, you know, went through this whole process of, Um, shock and then grief and I was just totally lost and I just called her and was like will you please just come be with me and like I kind of knew that she it would be really difficult for her to come out because of her work schedule and she you know I have younger siblings she's still taking care of and so um she 100% wanted to and she could have made it happen if it was really necessary but she said to me um in different words but essentially she said I can't save you And, you know, me coming out there wouldn't really change anything. Like, I'm going to have to leave again. And you're going to have to face this on your own. Like, you're the only person who could do it. And it was a huge, it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was a huge wake-up call for me. And I remember laying in bed just, like, knowing that this was the truth, that I needed to start healing myself. And, like, nobody was was coming to save me. You know, he wasn't coming back to save me. And even if he did, it wouldn't change anything. Like, I need to look at these things. And so I was like, okay, I need to start breathing again. Um, and I'd had a continuous practice of breath work, but because I had fallen into this dark depression, I just was terrified of facing it. And I, I started breathing and it was horrifically painful. You know, breathing wasn't painful. Crying wasn't the sobbing that, you know, it was being with the pain, the emotional pain of, of feeling all of these false beliefs that I'm unlovable, that, you know, I don't belong anywhere. And all of these horrible feelings that come with these, these lies, essentially, that we've taken on as truth. 
And so I started this very, very slow journey of um, what I kind of say, like reclaiming the lost parts of myself, understanding who I really am, facing into all of the pain, going really deep into the darkness, breathing every single day, um, you know, finding support through my teacher and through the people around me and just writing a lot um, and really starting to love myself in a completely different way than I ever had before, you know, not intellectual at all, just really what I was calling at the time, mothering myself, um, giving myself love constantly, letting it be okay that I was depressed, letting it be okay that I was mourning, that I was sad all the time, that I was crying, you know, out in public um, and just had like, you know, I was just raw and just letting that be really okay and have faith. And I, I really rekindled my faith and my trust um, in my spirituality in the universe that I'm supported, that there's something that's happening here that's serving me. And the more I surrender to it, the more, um, I'm going to be grateful, uh, for who I become at the end of it. And I am so incredibly grateful for who I am now. Like I would go through that journey a million times over as horrific as it was to become who I am now. That sounds like such a dark season, and I so appreciate you sharing with our listeners the ebb and flow of how life happens, right? Like, we have these practices that totally come into our lives, allow us to find these next-level transformations, and then life happens. And Mm -hmm. we do, whether it's falling off the horse or stepping away from the practices and stepping out of ourselves again, and it is this constant practice of how do I get back to myself knowing that like the journey back in is hard and it is not mm-hmm. without a lot of work and a lot of commitment and a lot of feeling. And I just thank you so much for sharing that story. Cause I know that our listeners will just find so much value in it and find so many moments of like the me too. And I've been there sister, right? <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. have. <laughs> and you talk about the practices, um, getting back into them. So at this point, uh, in the self-love and the nurturing of self, I love how you called it mothering. What do you practice at this point and how do those practices look every day for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I breathe every day. I practice breath work every day, um, typically in the morning. And I usually do actually about like a 30 to 45 minute um, uh, breath work session. And you know, just my, through breathing over the years, my energy has changed. And so, you know, obviously what happens during the sessions is different, but I breathe every morning and then, um, I do a little bit of yoga. Um, I'll tend to go to a yoga class later in the day, but, um, at home, I like to just kind of open things up a little bit. And I, um, I had mentioned before that I'm a desire map facilitator. So for people who aren't familiar, the desire map is um, a process and a book written by Danielle Laporte. And the idea is that um, it helps you. It's a process that helps you get really clear on um, what she calls your core desired feelings. So essentially the deepest place, your soul level, you know, how you really want to feel in your life. And so um, each morning I use, there's a planner that, um, that she has. And so I use this planner every morning where I write down my core desired feelings. So for me right now, those words are trust, free, rich, and sacred. And then I'll write down sort of my schedule for the day. And there's a couple of prompts in there, like a soul prompt, um, you know, maybe just like tuning in and feeling like how my heart's feeling today. 
Um, I usually will set some um, intentions for the day and then I'll start to incorporate in like my to-do list things that are going to make me feel the way that I want to feel. So a lot of times I'll cleanse my space with some sage and set some intentions or some Palo Santo. Um, and that to me, you know, is like a sacred element. I do writing every morning. Um, like I was mentioning before, I've been working on a book um, since December, which I'm pretty much wrapped up with. So I've been working on that. And then I also write a lot of articles um, for different blogs and then for my own site as well. So I, I try to write every morning. Um, so those are like the big rituals for me. And then I have other things like I'm a big fan of not being super rigid with practice because I did that for a long time. Um, and it can get really hollow. So I, I try to feel into at different times, you know, where always changing and growing. And so there's different practices that are really going to support where you're at at different times. So I'm really not afraid to swap things out or, you know, try something else on and see how it'll make me feel. But the consistent practices that never change for me um, are breathwork, yoga and writing. Thank you for sharing that. And you talked about a little about some of the teachers who have influenced you. You mentioned Danielle Laporte. Love her. She is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I love the desire map. I love those core feelings and setting your day up like that. That's so cool that you have that as your practice. What other teachers have influenced you or what other like mentors or guides have you been influenced by? Uh, my biggest mentoring teacher um, is David Elliott. He's my breathwork teacher, um, the person that I study with and uh, has been tremendously um, influential on my healing process, especially this past year and a half through um, my breakup and um, and just helping um, helping guide me through the healing process in general. So uh, in person, having a personal relationship. He's the biggest one. Danielle Laporte, of course, I don't have a personal relationship with her, but I do teach her work and find her to be absolutely incredible um, and inspiring. And I would not teach anybody's work unless I felt that way. Um, and then I'm just, I'm a huge reader. I've been like obsessed with reading since I was like five years old. So I'm always reading different, um, you know, different authors and learning from people in different ways. So I probably wouldn't have a ton of people off the top of my head because there's so many, but, um, Carolyn Mass is also another one that I really resonate with her work and that I mean, spirit was a big one and Eckhart Tolle power of now, um, so I'm always open to learning and growing from other teachers as well. But in terms of like who consistently is supporting me, um, right now that's David Elliott. Thank you so much for sharing those resources. Those books are truly amazing and transformative. The Power of Now, The Anatomy of the Spirit, mm -hmm. both truly amazing books to read and great resources. So I was going to ask you now, if you were starting a beginning practice, where would you recommend somebody start today if they were interested in learning some of what you have mentioned in terms of practices? Yeah, so I have a free guide to breathwork on my website, um, which is just instructions about how to breathe and how to set up your space. And then I also have a guided audio, which is in the shop page of my website, um, that's a really great resource for getting started with the breath. You can just put the audio on, press play and follow the instructions. Um, but minimum I always recommend people do is seven minutes of breathing a day, which is totally doable. You know, put on two songs that you like, set a timer and just start breathing. Um, and again, I teach the breathing pattern 
over on my website. Um, and then, you know, writing, I find to be incredibly cathartic. And um, for me in particular, like that's the way that my soul most likes, likes to express itself. Um, but for people, it's different for everyone. I do feel like we are all um, creative beings and creative expression is really important for us, especially in terms of healing. So for whatever way that looks for you, you know, just whether it's writing or painting or dancing, I also, you know, over on Instagram, will post like videos of me just like dancing in my kitchen or dancing in my bedroom. Um, because I just want to move my energy or I want to express myself creatively through moving my body. Um, and so like, I will actually put that in my schedule in the morning in my plan or I'll be like dance today. Or, you know, for me, mostly it's like really feeling into when I need to do that. Um, but for anybody that's looking to like begin a practice of getting, you know, getting in tune or starting to um, move energy in that way or creatively express themselves, like put it in your planner and just do it first thing in the morning um, because then you won't have any excuses. It won't be looming over your head later in the day. Um, and then, you know, the desire map, I recommend you can learn all about the desire map over on my website as well. That's a really um, useful practice for or process for getting in tune with how you deeply want to feel in your life. And then that's going to help you create goals and intentions that feel really good. The whole idea is that you're getting clearer and clearer on how you really want to feel so that you're creating a life that feels good. That's like the essence of it. It's like, it's, it's okay for me to feel good. I deserve to feel good. And so in what ways do I want to set that up? So I find morning practices, I have a lot of blog posts too about like morning practices, morning rituals. I find them to be really, really helpful because when you do them first thing in the morning, it helps you show up in your day differently. And then like I was just saying before, it also helps to do anything that you really feel is most important first thing in the morning because then you're not pushing it off. Like when we, whenever we say like, I'm going to meditate in the evening, like you get tired and <laughs> you just want to go to sleep and it's an easier way to get out of it. Thank you so much for those resources and those practices. I know that our listeners will find great confidence in having some beginner's places to go to and start their own practices if they're interested today. I was wondering if there is a mantra or an affirmation, a positive affirmation that you frequently turn to again and again in your own practices. Oh, um. Uh, one I work with a lot in, in breathwork sessions and with a lot of clients as well, but this, this is a deep one for everyone is it's safe for me to whatever it is. A lot of times it's related to using the voice. So it's safe for me to use my voice. It's safe for me to be seen. It's safe for me to be heard. Um, that's a really big one because most of us are terrified of really being seen for who we are because we're afraid that we won't be accepted. We won't be loved. I love that your message goes back to that we are not only empowered beings, but that we also belong to each other. You talk a lot on your Instagram about how we belong in community and that, mm. yes, we are independent, but that we also are better in community and uplift each other in community and are stronger in community. So I love that your self-talk and your messages revisit that same message of togetherness. Yeah, I forgot I've been writing about that. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it really is. It's like, you know, because I think sometimes we, we do this thing in our minds, it's like black and white, right? Like rejecting something. But 
being independent and being connected to yourself and loving yourself doesn't mean that, you know, you don't ever want a partnership or that you need to reject the people around you or not be a part of community. Um, they're both necessary. And for a lot of people, being in community is really scary because, like I just was saying, you know, being seen is terrifying, being really seen for who we are. And a lot of times when we're in community, we put on this mask, we pretend to be who we think that people are going to like, who we believe, you know, is like a likable person or somebody who's going to be accepted and loved. Um, and when you're really willing to start to shed that and be who you are, it feels really, really vulnerable and scary to be in community in that way. And so a lot of us will say, you know, I'm introverted, which is valid to a degree, but sometimes we hide behind that. Sometimes we hide behind, you know, being, I'm just a shy person, or I don't really like to go to parties, or I don't really like to be social. Um, but it's important to have both. And I think that you can learn so much about yourself um, through community, through being around other people, through being in relationship. And then there's, of course, so much to learn from ourselves by being alone. And you really need both. You need to then go back and be alone and be with yourself and notice, how do I feel when I'm alone? How do I feel when I'm with people? Um, and to be able to be alone and to like love your own company is such an important thing to be able to enjoy in this lifetime. It's so true. And it is such a tough lesson to learn, to learn how to be alone and love ourselves when we are alone with ourselves, when we are alone with our true selves, right? Michelle, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you and connect with you, where would we send them and where would they be able to find you online? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. My website is pushingbeauty.com. And over there, you can find information about all of the things that I've been talking about today. Um, my book is uh, in the book tab on the website as well. So pushingbeauty.com. And if anybody ever has questions or um, wants to share anything with me, I always respond to all emails. So you can also find the contact information on the contact tab on my website. Thank you guys so much for listening today and joining us for this episode of Awe Stories. To find show notes from this episode and more, please visit www.abreathoffreshawe.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Breath of Fresh Awe. We hope you feel more motivated in your journey of self-discovery and as always, create more moments of wonder and awe in your everyday life. Tune in next week for our next episode.